Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sal Capaccio joining us, Bill's sideline reporter for WGR. He was in Philly on the sidelines last night. The, the loss last night, Sal, has to be the biggest heartbreak of the year for this team. Uh, another game the Bills couldn't close out after they were leading. Yeah, I mean, we'll pick your heartbreak, right? There's been six of them now, and they're all been one-score games, to be honest with you. But you're right, this is a it's an all-timer. It's a classic game, two really good teams, and a game the Bills had, and the Bills pretty much dominated. Look at the statistics. Uh, to have 500 yards of offense, to score 34 points, still come away um, with a loss in that fashion is is pretty heartbreaking, yes. Yeah, people are pretty upset, Sal, you know, in the, the fan verse. You'll hear from them, I'm sure, uh, coming up on your show a little bit later today. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm like, I feel like the odd man out here where I'm sitting here looking at the team and how they played yesterday and generally, I don't know, I'm – I'm almost impressed. I don't that you just took the best team in the league to overtime after the season that you've had up to this point. Like I'm actually feeling good. The only problem is the hole that you've dug yourself into to this point. Um, I the reasons to be optimistic after that game. Where are you looking? <coughs> well, optimistically, I mean the offense looks fixed. The last two weeks, they look really good. They scored 32 against the Jets, 34 against the Eagles in an overtime game. Uh, Joe Brady looks like, you know, he's a nice play caller, good play caller. He knows what he's doing. The offense, And maybe more than anything, Brian, Josh Allen looks a lot better, right? I mean, Josh played probably his best game of the year, uh, the energy that he brought. But, I mean, that's great for you that you're uh, looking at it that way. I, I think that the difference is, as you said, you know, if you go back to – I remember 2021, the Bills give up that Hail Mary to, um, to uh, or 2020, excuse me, to the Arizona Cardinals. And it was a heartbreaking loss. But we came away from that going, okay, but you know what? There's still this really good team, and they have this really great record, and this might hurt them in the end, but everything's fine. The difference here is after a game like this, you're looking at the standings. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're on the outside looking in. That's what makes this a lot tougher to deal with. Despite all those things, you could look at it that way, and I'm sure people are encouraged by some things. But this hurts a lot more because of what you just said, the hole they've already dug themselves in and the chance that they had the chances throughout this game they had to win it. Is it the coaching? I mean, look at the 20 seconds of regulation that they just let go. Well, I mean, that's a pretty broad question. Um, There are a lot of things in coaching you could question for sure. Um, There's always Susan, I always believe it's there's there's everything that goes into losing or winning coaching, execution, everything. Um, you know, officials didn't help yesterday. That's another issue in itself. 
I think in that 20 seconds, I would have liked to see the Bills at least try something, at least try getting out. But, I mean, they didn't lose the game because of the 20 seconds. They lost the game because of a lot of other things. But certainly that's something where you can go back and question whether or not Sean McDermott should have tried to get the ball out in field goal range. Look, they had one timeout, they had 20 seconds. Same thing happened in Detroit last year on Thanksgiving. They had less time than that, and they still did kick the field goal to win it. We have seen, we saw Kansas City do that to the Bills with 13 seconds left. We all remember that uh, just a few years ago in the playoffs. And even McDermott admitted after the game, you know, that, you know, hey, what happened was he tried to end the game effectively right before that by calling the timeout before the 59-yard field goal. I mean, what a kick, right? 59 yards, and he makes it. And maybe if you save that timeout, then you think differently going into that 20 seconds. So... I don't think they lost the game because they didn't choose to do that in 20 seconds, but they didn't try to win it in that moment either. Yeah, a million different things, right, Sal? I mean, the 20 seconds will drive yeah. me nuts, but you got a miracle field goal, a miracle touchdown before that, a drop touchdown by James yeah. Cook, and then you mentioned the thing that was just unbelievable, Sal, the officiating. Now, I am not a uh, you know person who just points at the officials usually after games because I think they're generally always – bad right like missed calls all the time like every sport it just always happens so what's the use of complaining about it but oh man uh, especially that uh, tackle on Josh Allen where he gets flagged for a penalty sale it just seemed they were brutal at times last night it was ridiculous um I am also not one of these people and I hate doing it I hate sounding like one of those people right which is blame the officials blame the referees I'm not the Bills didn't lose this game because of officiating that made it much, much harder for them to win because of the position they were put in. Now, they also committed penalties that were called, and they were legitimate penalties, and that's on them. You can't grab a guy's face mask on a punt that you're covering. They cost you 15 yards. You know, there's a holding there or whatever, but, I mean, it's not even the ones that were called on the Bills. It's the ones that weren't called on the Eagles. The horse collar was egregious that should have been called, obviously, on Josh Allen. We got Gene Steratore tweeting out about how it was a missed call, right? Um, the... Pass interference that was not called on Trent Sherfield. The pass interference slash hold that was not called on Stefan Diggs. Like these are things that just add up. You can't beat it's hard it's hard enough to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They're nine and one coming into the game. But then you have to deal with all of that, makes it even harder. And they're critical situations. I mean, if Josh gets the horse collar, you know, that's a that changes the game right there and what they can do in that moment. Um, so yeah, they, I, I thought the officials did not look, it, it was 11 to one against the bills and penalties at one point at halftime, they had 11 penalties. I think 10 were, one was a, um, a wash either way because it was offsetting, but officially I think it was 10 to one in the first half against the bills. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, the, the miscommunication on the bills yeah. final drive, Allen throwing to Gabe Davis. What happened there? Well, so it's called a choice route. Um, well, it's, it's, it's an option route or a choice route, either way you want to term it, but it's an option route. And what happens is basically the quarterback and the receiver, and generally you're on the same page on these kinds of things. They happen all the time. They're not just like this one play, this one-off option route. You run option routes the whole game, and generally they're there, and you, <clears throat> you have the same communication. What happens on an option route is the receiver sees how the defensive back is playing him. Inside leverage or outside leverage, he decides to go one way or the other depending on that. The quarterback sees the same thing, so he throws it to where he knows the receiver's going to go. And in this particular instance, Gabe Davis saw the defensive back where he was. He went outside. Josh Allen thought he was going to go inside, and that's where he threw the ball. Josh put it on himself after the game. Um, I, I can't sit here and tell you who is right, who is wrong. I'm not in the meeting rooms on how they play that particular lever leverage or coverage. 
It was a missed opportunity, though. They went cover zero, which means no safety in the middle of the field. They were putting a little pressure on Josh, although he had a little bit of time because they, were, they blitzed a little bit there. Um, but that's a one-on-one situation where Gabe Davis read the defensive back to go one way. Josh read it where he thought Gabe was going to go the other way, and he missed him, and it's a miscommunication. They get to fourth and six. They settle for the field goal, and we know what happened once the Eagles got the ball. Now, I don't know if it's totally impossible, Sal, to uh, get in with another loss, but it really seems like the Bills need to win out in order to make the playoffs here. Probably right. Um, you know, I think you could probably get in at 10-7, and 7, but with their – I mean, you might be able to get in at 10-7. and 7. Right now they have six losses, but with their AFC record where it is, that would be really tough because they're going to lose a lot of tiebreakers to a lot of teams. Um, they have not – taking care of business in their own conference. Their losses, they have five AFC losses. Um, that can't happen. So they might have to win out to make the playoffs. If they win 10, meaning they lose one game the rest of the way, I think it almost has to be just the Dallas Cowboys game. That's the NFC. That's the only NFC game they have left. The rest of them are all AFC games you have to win. That's Kansas City, New England, Chargers, Miami. Um, but they're up. <clears throat> they're up against it, though, guys. I mean, they, they've put themselves in a really, really tough spot. Um, as I sit here now, just to do it real quick, looking at the AFC standings, the Bills are in 10th place. They're in the 10th seed. I mean, the good news is they're only a half game out of a 7th seed, which is a playoff spot. The bad news is they lose a tiebreaker to Denver, who's 6-5, and five, half game ahead of them. They lose a tiebreaker to Houston, who's 6-5, and five, half game ahead of them. They lose a tiebreaker to Indy, 6-5, and five, a half game ahead of them. So they have three teams ahead of them, and they're, own, and they're ahead of them in record and in tiebreaker. Yeah. Add Pittsburgh to that, lose uh, to them uh, too, tiebreaker. If uh, well, they would, but, they, but I, I'm not counting them because they're already they're a full game. But, but you're right, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, all these teams, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, because all these teams have better conference record than the Bills, and that's what's sinking them right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a rough one. Hey, but you know what? After last night, it might be a fun one uh, because that was a heck of a game. Sal, uh, Sal was down on the sidelines uh, getting. Uh, wet i'm sure and uh, hopefully you've uh, thawed out and everything and are ready to go for later on this morning sal capancho was on the call on wgr yesterday at all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time baseball isn't boring baby i'm rob bradford and every single day i'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game it's my podcast it's my passion it's a cause i started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is another fact so jump aboard the bib express follow and listen to baseball isn't boring presented by wasabi hot cloud storage on the free odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts